Thank you for joining us today. Whether you are part of the Lighthouse family, be it on-site with us weekly or tuning in online, we'd love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Ely. It's on all our social media platforms. I hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Isn't it great to be together? Yeah? Good. <laughs> That's not just me. And uh, if you're, well, if you're um, visiting us today, I hope you very much welcome and a part of us. And if you're joining us online, um, also I hope you've enjoyed worshipping with us together. Uh, so my title this morning, um, don't worry, there's no strings attached, well not literally no strings attached, but do you do your own stunts? Do you do your own stunts? I, um, I just want to read this quickly before we jump in. This is something I read this week and it was from My Utmost for His Highest and it's just an online thing. Um, and it says this, uh, we tend to say that because a person has natural ability, he will make a good Christian. It is not a matter of our equipment, but a matter of our poverty. Not of what we bring with us, but of what God puts in, into us. Not a matter of individual virtues or of strength or character, of knowledge or of experience. All of that is of no avail in this concern. The only thing of value is being taken into the compelling purpose of God and being made his friend. God's friendship is the, with people who know their poverty. He can accomplish nothing with the person who thinks that he is of all use to God. As Christians, we are not here for our own purpose at all. We are here for the purpose of God, and the two are not the same. We do not know what God's compelling purpose is, but whatever happens, we must maintain our relationship with him. I just thought that was good this week, so I thought I wanted to share it with you all. I've been really challenged over the last number of weeks, to be honest. Um, Quay's sermon a few weeks ago was about the tongue and our spoken words, and I don't know if, you've, if you were here or if you watched it online or if you caught up, and there was some really challenging stuff there and some really thought-provoking stuff. And then Giles' sermon last week, I wasn't in the room, but I watched this week and yeah, no, thank you. But it was, it, was a, it was a challenging word. You know, give me strength. How often do we say that? As a parent, I probably say it more than I do in any other part of my life. But give me strength. This has to come from God. Which kind of led to this week's sermon. It kind of tails on quite nicely. Um, almost as if like someone knows what they're doing. Thank you, God. So do you do your own stunts? This morning's word is, is simple. It's short, famous last words, um, but I really hope something of it enters your heart. Something of it is a nugget that you can take away, that you can apply, and that can be um, glorifying to God. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you for the worship that we've already had, Lord. Thank you for the, the ability that it is to come into your presence. Lord, you dwell within us and among us, and we are truly grateful for that friendship that I read about this week. But Lord, as we come now, Lord, may we open our eyes, our hearts to something afresh from Scripture that we may know ever so well, or it may be new to us. But may we apply it to our lives in a way that is glorifying to you as we seek you in all we do. Amen. Amen. So I don't know if anyone's seen the new Tom Cruise film, the Mission Impossible film. I haven't, so no spoilers, don't worry. But I saw one of the, the clips of how they made it, and this is where my title came from. 
Tom Cruise, uh, in the film, rides a motorbike, which is why I watched the clip, to be honest, along the, bridge, uh, the ridge of this mountain and launched himself into this valley. And while you're watching the, the, the scene being videoed, you also have a little side shot of his production crew, and they're all like, <gasps> as this bike launches in the air, he launches in the air into this misty valley, and all of a sudden you see a parachute come up. Sorry about the sound effects. <laughs> and his whole crew and the whole production team are like, <gasps> he's done it. And I wonder how many times in our life have we launched ourselves into a situation and have been maybe watched by other Christians, other people, and they've gone, <gasps> and there's almost this, gra- uh, this gasp of relief when it works out. But isn't it true that Tom Cruise wouldn't have done it if he hadn't had a parachute on. (laughs) It's all very well doing stunts, but you don't really want to get hurt. And in our faith, we are a bit like Tom Cruise, not physically, but in our launching ourselves into situations, because we are knowing and reliant on the fact that we have a saviour who, like Tom Cruise's um, um, umbrella, no, not an umbrella, it was definitely a parachute, catches him as he falls and that's the same hopefully in our life too I said on Wednesday that I wouldn't mention our small group because Rosie tells me every time I preach you always mention our small group so I'm not going to mention very long but earlier in the year in our small group we studied the book of James and over the last few weeks there's been a few scriptures have been brought from James and I think if you haven't read James before I'd really challenge you to read it James Um, also known as Jacob, that was one of our starting points. Um, His name actually translates more to Jacob than James, but we're going to call him James for this morning. It makes more sense with reading from the book. He's Jesus' half-brother, okay? Same mum, different dad, in case that brings any confusion. And uh, he is writing a letter, not just to a church like Paul is writing in his letters, but he's writing to almost the umbrella of Christians, for then and for now, I believe, in a way that is uh, the power of what the word has. And he is challenging them in ways in which they think and which in ways they act. And this morning we're going to pick up in James 1, uh, 22 is where we're going to start. Well, 22 is our main verse, and uh, then we're going to just read around it a bit. And this is in the um, NRSV. It says, but be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. But be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. The uh, Living Translation says this, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. In the book of James, he's talking often about this, um, the reality that Jesus brought in the freedom of the Torah, but in the completion of the law. Um, in Matthew 22, uh, we read about this, the greatest commandment. It says this, uh, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and the Pharisees, um, they got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him. The irony there is unbelievable. Tested him with his question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Now, the law they were referring to was the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments. And Jesus replied with something that is 
totally extract from what they expected to hear. He says, number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And the second is alike, love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. To love your God and to love your neighbor. To be doers and not just hearers. I'm surprisingly overwhelmed constantly in my faith how God, despite our circumstances, is generous to meet us where we're at. And he can be trusted. I don't know if anyone's uh, like this or lives with someone that's like this. I'm not saying which one of us is like it, but I often get into Rose's car and find that the red light for the fuel is on. And I reckon she's been running on fumes for miles. And we had a situation recently where I had to get somewhere and one of our children was poorly. I had to go to Annenbrook's and, you know, Annenbrook's 25, 30 miles and the clock says 12 and you're thinking, this really isn't helping me. And when we've got somewhere to go, when we've got somewhere to do, we cannot rely on having an empty tank. We cannot rely on, I once read the word, I once loved someone, therefore, when things come up, I'll be okay because I've got experience of it. Maybe I've got some fumes in there that I can power myself on. Like Giles said last week, you've got to be filled with the strength of God. You've got to be daily in relationship with him. The importance of relationship is key. So yeah, fill your car up. Don't leave it on empty. In that scripture in James 1, I've got a little prop because it always helps. Sorry, see all your beautiful selves? Twenty-three. It says this: For any of, for any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves, and on going away, they immediately forget what they are like. They immediately forget what they're like. James isn't talking to people who are good, who do good things. So I'll stop blinding now. He's not talking about people who do good things. He's talking about people who hear the word of God, who look in that mirror. I've got two boys. The oldest one, Henry, um, spends an awful lot of time in the mirror and cares about what he looks like and his hair has to be, you know, just on point and not a hair out of place with his man bun or his hair band or whatever it might be. And Freddie, who's two years younger, genuinely gets out of bed and goes to school. There's, I don't think he even like acknowledges that we have mirrors in the house. We'll be walking to school and like, Freddie, have you looked at your hair? He's like, no. Do you know what it, it's a mess? He's like, I don't care. I don't know. And it's a bit like that in a way that those people who go around who have never looked in the mirror actually don't know what they look like and therefore aren't aware of what's going on. But if Freddie looked in the mirror and went, oh my goodness, look at this. I mean, I haven't got much to look at anymore. But if he looked in the mirror and thought, oh, I need to sort this out, and didn't, 
What would be the point of looking in the mirror? What would be the point of looking in the Word of God and reading and spending time with God if we're not actually going to apply it to any part of our lives? Are we people who acknowledge the mirror? And are we people who look in the mirror and go, actually, we need to act upon what we're seeing? The good thing about the Word of God is it isn't a mirror in a way that you look at it and see all your imperfections. The Word of God is you look at it and you say, this is how I can be better. This is the Word of God. This is a a toolkit of how I can apply it to my life and grow in my faith and seek the transformation into a Christ-like being as we are transformed into his likeness. We can read God's Word we can enjoy hearing God's word. We can agree with it. You know, whether it's a podcast or a sermon or a worship song, and you think, yeah, that's really good. But what's the point of listening to it if you're not going to do anything about it? It says there that we are foolish. The scripture, the, the scripture in James 1.22, you're a fool if you do nothing about it. And you, de- you deceive yourself. You're not deceiving anyone else. Because they might look, at, might look at you and go, actually, that's just what I expect of Tom. Or that's just what I expect of whoever you might be. But you're actually deceiving yourself because you are hearing something and reading something that is to better the person of who we are here on earth. And if we're not applying it, that m- the person that's missing out is us. This relationship that we have with God, this um, transformation that we're missing out on. And we need the Holy Spirit, yeah? We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Word of God. We need how it's going to change us and equip us and the blessings that come from it. Like I say, it makes us aware of our shortcomings, but it also reflects Christ to us. Now that scripture starts with the word, but... But be doers of the word, not merely hearers. Now that but, um, to if you're any good at English, which I'm not, but if you enjoy sort of literature, if a sentence starts with but, it's because it's sort of correcting something that's been said before or is, is building upon. And I think when James was writing this letter, it wasn't a fact that he wanted to be understood it was the fact that he didn't want to be misunderstood. In our lives, we need to realize that our actions sometimes can be understood or they can be very much misunderstood. And we need to prevent people from misunderstanding who and what we are and why we're doing it. But, so verse 21, it says this, So get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God that has been planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. The word of God itself has the power to save your souls. But be doers, not just hearers. The word that we're receiving has the power to do it. 
And we can over, overwhelm ourselves, and I, I can, I'm guilty of this through the week. You can be hearing songs, you can be hearing um, scriptures, and you can be watching podcasts. And a bit like a reel on Instagram, you can send it to your friends, or you can save it, you can watch it back later. But what good is it if we're not going to apply it and change the way we're living? If we're not going to be fulfillers of what we're reading, if we're not going to be doers of the word? Because the price is your soul. Is it your desire to do your own stunts? It's a commandment. We must be doers. Following on from that scripture, it says this. If you claim to be religious and um, quite caught on this in verse 26 27 says if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless it's worthless that's powerful a minute ago he said it's got the power to save your soul be doers of it but if you're doing this it's worthless I am. Um, I thought I didn't have any tears left after this week, the last few weeks. But I need to apologise to you, church. I have searched my soul over the last few weeks with different things and been challenged by a multitude of stuff, and I'm sorry. Because I haven't been a doer of all that I've been reading. I have not controlled my tongue at times in the past. And only recently have I addressed stuff that I thought I dealt with and hadn't clearly not. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry in a way that if I've ever made anyone feel or think that I've got it right. Or that I'm living a life that is... To be an example, I'm trying. And we need to be doers of the word that we're reading. Last weekend was my Nanma's celebration service. And uh, a guy called Ian Savory, who's a leader of a church in Sheringham, also called the Lighthouse, brought a word about an incense bomb that goes off in situations in our life, and he was talking about Nehemiah's life, but in our life when we reflect what it is to be doers of the word, an incense bomb goes off. And I was truly touched by that, thinking, do I radiate what it is, the glory of God? Or does my incense bomb sometimes just stink? If we are sold for Christ, if we are hearing the word, and like I said earlier, it's not just a social media reel that we're liking and sharing, but we are applying it to our life. If that is our desire moving forward, we are going to fulfill and reflect what James is talking about, the value that it's got.
It's not a case of all the gear and no idea. We, um, we laugh about that stereotypically as guys, about having all the gear, no idea. If you're a, you know, if you're a tradesman and you've been to school and you've learned the trade and you've got the best toolbox and you've got all the kit going, but you've never actually built anything to show what skills you've got or the tools you've purchased. It's worthless. If you've read the ingredients and you've, and you've got the egg and the flour, you've never actually baked a cake, it's all useless. A bit like Lego in a way. You can have a whole pile of Lego and you can start making it together and you can make something which is a bit, a, bit, a bit like the people who are just good doers. They're just doing it. They're having a go. They're putting stuff together. But unless you read the instructions, it's pointless. If you read the instructions and see what is going to be formed and you're applying things as and when you see it and as and when you feel it fits, you'll create something impressive. My kids are far better at me than Lego. But there's reading the instructions. There's having the stuff. There's learning it, and there's experience in it. And we have to be doers of both. There's nothing wrong with wanting to hear it. There's nothing wrong with wanting to study. There's nothing wrong with wanting to read and listen and hear all of what you feast for, what you long for. But we're not spectators in this game. We're players. So what is it to do your own stunts? What is it to do your own stunts? It's to read the word of God. It's to hear the word of God. It's to experience the word of God in any way you choose. But it's to be doers of the word of God. And it's a challenge for me. And I pray it's a challenge for us as a church. As a, as a city, as Christians, wherever we might be. Wherever we're listening. But to be doers of the word of God. In our Tuesday night worship sessions, it's a real, for me, it's a real time to reflect on some of the lyrics that we sing in songs. And you'll, you'll know it, it's, a, it's a one that we sing here, and it's been around for a while, and it's called Oceans. And it was one Tuesday night, singing the lyrics in Oceans, that broke me, because I was singing something that maybe I wasn't willing to live out, or maybe I wasn't able to say, yeah, I'm a doer. And it said this, said, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you call me. Take me deeper where my feet could ever wander. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. We read the lyrics. You read scripture. You hear sermons or podcasts or whatever it might be. And you go, yeah, that's really nice. I like that. But are you willing to go deeper than your feet could ever wander? Because like Giles said last time, it's only by the strength of God. And then you'll see it. You'll see yourself, not literally jumping off cliffs, but f jumping into situations that everyone goes, <gasps> what's he doing? Because you know you've got that parachute. Because you know you've got God on your side. You'll know you've got a tank full of fuel. 
you'll know that wherever you go, you've read the ingredients, you've read the recipe, and you've got everything there ready. And do you know what? People will see it and they'll go, that's an incense, incense bomb. That is what it is to be doers, to reflect what it is to learn and to know. And they'll say, there goes the fulfiller of the word of God. There goes the fulfiller of the word of God. They're a doer. Not for their own glory, not for their own strength, not by their own strength. But they've looked in the mirror and they've seen the reflection of Christ and what they can be. And they've applied it to their lives. Let's stand. I don't know where people are at today. I don't know if, like me, maybe you've been challenged over different stuff that's maybe just made you recalibrate where you're at. Maybe you've been challenged by something you thought, actually, I thought I was a doer and I'm definitely not. Maybe you've looked in the mirror and you've actually forgotten what it is that you should look like. What the image is even of. Or maybe the mirror and the whole concept of a relationship with God is totally new to you and alien. You're thinking, I haven't even considered looking at myself. We're going to pray. Because I truly believe everyone fits under something in that umbrella. And we're going to pray that our hearts would be opened and explored in a way that's new and tangible so that when we read the word, when we hear it, we're not thinking that's great. We're thinking, how can I make this a reality? What is it to be loved by God? What is it to look after the poor? What is it to do something that the scripture is saying, this, this, and this, and we're going, yeah, that's great. That's great for someone else to do that. That's great for them to think that. Or I think it, and they can do it. That's even better. No, 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 no. It's your relationship with God. It's your reality with God. Because it is the price and the cost of your soul. And James knew what value it had. Growing up with Jesus, that must have been tough. Having the perfect older brother. What it is to know it, to read it, and to do it. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning, Lord. We come to you in, a, in an openness, a willingness, and a desire, Lord, to take what we've heard, take what we read, take what we see. And like seeds in a field, Lord, we pray, Lord, that those would be watered. Lord, that your spirit, that your power, that your strength would work in a way that is so new, that is so revitalized, that is life-giving. That these seeds wouldn't just be seeds, Lord, that they would flourish and they would produce fruit. Lord, may we take grasp of the situations that come in front of us, Lord, of ways that we can be the doers, that we can be fulfillers of the word, 
May we repel and, and um, show the radiance and the odor and the glory of your Son. And Lord, for things that are maybe challenging, that maybe are tough to look in the mirror and see, may we just pour it into your hands. Heavenly Father, you have taken our burdens. You have taken our sin. You have taken our shame. And you have poured out your forgiveness, your love, your grace, your mercy, your gifts to everyone and anyone who calls upon your name. Lord, may we in a fresh way acknowledge what that means. In a fresh way, may we apply it to our lives and experience it wherever we're at. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.